Welcome to Media, Marketing and Advertising on PG Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Paul Gardner. It's a well-known truism that if you put on a show, Melbournians will generally flock to it, be it sports, concerts or even art exhibitions. But what happens when you want to put on a show in Melbourne, but you want more than just Melbournians to attend? Is it the steak or the sizzle that will attract tourists to Victoria? And how do you provide that sizzle? Are our best attractions homegrown or brought in from overseas? And on those occasions when we do land a big overseas show, is it because we're smarter, more livable, or just offer more money? Is trying to sell Melbourne to Sydney ciders harder than selling ice to Eskimos? Let's find out. Today I'm talking to Damien DeBowen, the General Manager of Major Events of Visit Victoria. Hi Damien. Hey Paul, how are you today? I'm good, how are you? You've had a pretty busy time. Been busy, we've had a few major announcements which have been incredibly exciting and obviously the launch of the new Melbourne brand, so yeah, it's been a big couple of weeks. I look out from the building here where we're sitting in uh, Collins Place uh, in the Docklands and, and I look across and I can see Etihad Stadium and I can see the MCG at one end and the Tennis Arena at the other end and Amy Park. I mean, selling Victoria must be a piece of cake. It's got so, so, <laughs> so many wonderful venues and attractions. On the surface, it might seem quite simple, uh, but as we all know, the, the competition's increased dramatically. And I think uh, cities, municipalities around the world have understood that major events particularly uh, drive enormous value through tourism and through uh, added expenditure coming into their cities. I, I, read, I read a number that said it was a, the Victorias gained $21 billion from tourism and events each year, and, and they have 206,000 people employed. I mean, how much, how much bigger do, can you make it? I mean, we've got, we've got what, Grand Prix and tennis and football and mm. rugby and mm. soccer. I mean, how, how much bigger can it get? Well, the target to, to be specific to in 2025 is it to be, for it to be $36.5 billion. So I guess the answer is $15 billion bigger in the next several years. I think, look, we, we have a number of tremendous events um, in all the genres, in sport, in theatre, in the arts, in food and wine and in fashion. They're the five areas that we're responsible for. And they've all done a tremendous job. What's been missing, and really where we come into it now, is that they really haven't connected with each other effectively. And so a lot of people have been coming into Melbourne and into the broader state of Victoria specifically for an event. So they might come for the Australian Open and then go home. They might come for the Grand Prix and then go home. They might come and see Van Gogh at the NGV and then go home. So we're embarking on a, uh, a really strong program that's already starting to bear some fruit of connecting the different events with each other to make sure that people who attend Melbourne A, have a much deeper and broader experience and B, quite frankly, stay longer and invest more. If, if you're wildly successful though, I mean, how do you, how do you cater for the visitors? I mean, do we have enough hotel rooms or the road infrastructure? I mean, there's, there's bigger issues than just turn on an event, isn't there? There is and we do currently have enough hotel rooms but if this really takes hold the way we think it will, there's no question there needs to be more investment in infrastructure around hotels and roads. I think the transport that's currently being undertaken uh, through the, the underground in Melbourne will help dramatically. Uh, there's no doubt we have one of the great um, cities in the world in terms of the ability to move in and out of major events and major precincts. We see how quickly the MCG fills and then unfills on, on games where there's 100,000 people. Uh, the same is true of the Tennis Centre. So they're all challenges. I think what's great in terms of Visit Victoria's role is 
that we're, st- we're working hand-in-hand hand with the people who are planning this, with the state governments and with the corporations who are looking at it. So uh, there's a lot of big-picture thinking, a lot of blue-sky thinking, but uh, we're really clear that in order for Melbourne to be everything it can be, it needs to be a world-class and global event city. It's, it's very rare that you come across a brand that actually has a call to action in it. I mean, Visit Victoria is, is almost, <laughs> almost an exclamation mark at the end of it. It's, it's, it's formed by the combination of three businesses. VMEC was one. Yes. Melbourne Convention Bureau was the second. Yeah. And the third was the marketing arm of Tourism Victoria. Yes. How, how, why, why is that necessary? Why, why can't they just keep operating their own areas? I mean, VMEC was obviously pretty successful. It was. I think the feedback that I've heard, and I've been here for the last year, so I was only here um, after the transition or at the start of the transition, is that it was quite clunky for people who were here dealing with the different organisations. So um, VMEC were an outstanding events organisation, and that was their brief. Their brief was get great events to Melbourne, which they did exceptionally well. The challenge then, of course, for things like, say, the World Cup of Cricket that was here in 2015 is the events that the, the, the men's final secured, um, and then that if you like, project is then handed over to Tourism Victoria. And so it was quite clunky working between the different organisations and a lot of value was left on the table um, through no one's fault. It was just the mandates the different groups had. So this approach really marries the, the two together and um, the major events part of Visit Victoria um, is a team that's uh, 30 strong now and a big marketing focus on what we're doing. So really we've made the transition from being what was a great events company in VMEC to becoming a great marketing organisation. So you are a marketing organisation. Absolutely. That's how you define yourself. Yes, no question. And so as as a marketing organisation, it it, it all seems to be about attracting overseas and interstate visitors. Yeah? It is is fun. Don't you want Victorians to come to the events? We do. And I think that that the, the opportunity and really the privilege for Victorians is that all these great events are on their own doorstep. I mean, at the end of the day, we are evaluated by new money into the economy. Um, Tourism broadly is now the second biggest export out out of the state of Victoria, Mm -hmm. education being the first one. So it is something that's economically critical. And at the same time, if we look at things like, um, say, the World Cup of Cricket in 2015, or the Australian Open tennis that's on every year, obviously people who are here can and do attend and really get to enjoy world-class events. At the same time, we need to make sure there's people coming from all around the globe to experience what, everything that Melbourne has to offer. Damien, I read that the state government has a budget of $67 million to promote Visit Victoria. Uh, how, how do you break that up? How do you decide, yeah, we need another sporting event or a cultural event? How do you decide what's the best thrust? Well, I think there's there's a lot of work gone on recently to, to look at the overall um, landscape and the overall investment in the different genres. So if we look at sport and theatre and the arts and food and wine and fashion as we touched on before we've gone through a process to start to look at how we can tell um, even a better story about the breadth and depth of what Melbourne has to offer so we've recalibrated that a bit um, and we've got a clear sense of where we think the investments need to be what's whether the numbers that you quoted are exactly right the reality is we have a, a, a government who ultimately are the shareholder of Visit Victoria, even though we are not within government, and in fact we're an organ, and, and in fact we are not even a statutory authority. We're, we've got our own board, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, even though that's the case, we have a government that understands the value of major events, and so continues to invest in it, and make sure that it's a key platform upon which uh, Melbourne is launched globally. So I, I come to you with an event. And, and uh, you sort of you have a certain set of measures, what's right, but the main measure is will it will attract 
visitors who will stay in our city? Historically, it has been, and yes, that's the case. I think the there was a very hard economic return measure historically for major events, which is completely appropriate and still part of the conversation. As we've made the transition from VMEC being a great events company to um, major events being a marketing organisation within Visit Victoria, what has shifted is we've also started now to evaluate and model the marketing uh, and brand reach of different events that come to Melbourne and also the strategic fit of each event in terms of the the strategy for major events. So um, there's really three prongs now to how we evaluate any event and a lot of it in, say, the sports field comes down to um, what is the broadcast footprint, what story will it tell about Melbourne and about Victoria. Um, In terms of theatre and different prospects, like we've just secured um, Harry Potter and Mm -hmm. the Cursed Child Parts 1 and 2, um, you know, what story will it tell about the brand of Melbourne as a theatre precinct? Um, Harry Potter is only going to London and New York and Melbourne. And so you'll see us really, <clears throat> pardon me, align ourselves as a global event city that's aligned against and, and, and juxtapositioned against other global event cities as we continue to push forward into the future. Let's just, let's just touch on the Harry Potter thing for a moment because it was a big, it was big news and it's, mm. it's a big coup. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, is it, was it just a case of the one with the most money wins? <clears throat> no. In fact, uh, without going into the detail, I think whilst the, the money amount was important, it certainly wasn't the deciding factor. What was interesting about the process we went through without giving away too many trade secrets is that uh, it was quite clear, and not just in the Harry Potter case, but in a whole range of cases with different content providers, is that they want to work with an organisation like ours who... A, will partner with them as authentic partners, mm-hmm. and B, who will market with them and for them to tell their story. So I think what people are starting to understand is when you bring an event to Melbourne or to Victoria, um, more often than not it succeeds. We fill stadiums, we fill theatres, we have fantastic events that people um, crave to be a part of that really become part of people's bucket list. So um, I guess success breeds success in that context. And certainly in Harry Potter's case, we worked uh, very hard with the producers to help them understand that Melbourne, in fact, I think they said it in their um, their global launch, that Melbourne is a real theatre city, a real theatre town. And so in the end, that's what set us apart in that conversation. Um, It was interesting, obviously, uh, for those who do know, the play that Harry Potter and the Cursed Child parts one and two is in parts one and two. It plays over two nights. And when the producers of Harry Potter got a chance to see Melbourne, the theatre precinct, the East, the East End theatre precinct, um, and the number of restaurants that are available for people nearby, the number of great hotels that are on the doorstep of the, of the Princess Theatre where sure. the play will be, sure. it brought to life for them what the opportunity really was for them to bring the play to Melbourne. And um, you know, we, we are really focused on aligning our theatre precinct alongside the West End of London and alongside Broadway in New York. And whilst it's not the same scale, um, there's no question it's of the same quality. And so we're thrilled to have secured Harry Potter on the back of that. Let's, let's talk about the new campaign, Twisted Every Turn, <coughs> which launched last Thursday. Yes. 50 years ago this week, Paul Hogan did a throw another shrimp on the barbie, <laughs> which is the, the quintessential <coughs> Australian in the shorts and larrikin. <coughs> this time, the, the one you've done is more about urbane, la-la land <coughs> feel to it, <coughs> hipsters, <coughs> younger people. I mean, it's come a long way in 50 years. How did, how did you decide that was the right way to go? 
the starting point in terms of any campaign, as you know, probably better than most, is is to understand the brand attributes of, of what you have, what product you have, and what story you're trying to tell. And um, when it's all said and done, there's no question that Melbourne is uniquely positioned, not just in Australia but really in the Asian region, as as a uh, as a sophisticated city that is that is edgy, that um, has an incredible arts life, has an incredible nightlife. Um, and obviously is is incredibly strong in sports. So when the process was was thought through and when the the concept was I, I guess developed, there was a really strong focus on on you know what does Melbourne stand for and what are the brand attributes. What was really important in terms of you know, my take out on the campaign is that it starts to demonstrate the breadth and depth of what Melbourne has to offer. And um, there's no doubt that for people... In fact, I had someone recently say, Melbourne, to me, Melbourne's the one city I come and don't plan anything because I know there's always something on. And that's really the reality of, of what we have to offer in the major event space, that there is literally something happening all the time and generally something for everyone's taste. So that really was... Uh, it, it was based on the brand attributes um, the, and the brand essence of Melbourne and it's not, you know, the brand essence of Melbourne is what it's been for some time. I think the, the people who really thought carefully through knowing that events were going to be the cornerstone of Melbourne's success were way ahead of their time, um, and this is probably 30, 40, 50 years ago even, um, and built on the culture that was already there around things like AFL football, Boxing Day cricket, sure. Melbourne Cup Carnival. Um, and even the Australian Open tennis uh, when it was back at Kooyong. So it's uh, it's an exciting time. We think the campaign really tells a great story and um, hopefully it drives people from both interstate and overseas to Melbourne in their droves. Damien, it is, the business is called Visa Victoria, which and Melbourne is a part of that. Yes. Is, is, is your central platform, let's get them into Melbourne and then move them out to the regions? Or how, how do you handle the rest of Victoria, especially those that have been... You know, down at down at uh, Gippsland and down at Geelong, where they've had some pretty bad news about various closures and yeah. manufacturing industry. How, how do you how do you promote the regions? Yeah, dispersal is is a critical strategy for us, and and in uh, interstate and overseas markets, you know, Melbourne is the hook. There's no doubt about that. At the same time, with specific markets, and China is a great example of this. There's enormous appeal about the natural beauty that Melbourne has to offer, that Victoria has to offer. Sure. So, um, you know... It's more than just pop in and visit the penguins then. Absolutely right. Yeah. And if you look at the way, you know, the Great Ocean Road has now evolved as one of the destinations of choice for Chinese travellers, period, and, uh, you know, the penguins are cute and cuddly, but there's so much more going on um, in the different regions. There's... Uh, uh, 11 or 12 regional tourism boards we work with them very closely and a big part of that has been to work with them for them to understand what they need to stand for for what their brand attributes are and that's been a very important process to work with them not just on um, their own strategy but ultimately then on helping work on events with them that will that will amplify their brand attributes and uh, we also manage a regional events fund in addition to mm-hmm. the major events fund and it's it is uh, not of the same scale of the major events fund but in many ways just as important because there are so many fabulous events happening in the regions and people are visiting them more and more which is great when i was involved with the invictus games i was interested to see that melbourne didn't bid obviously brisbane and sydney bid for and got the commonwealth games and the gold coast i mean is that because you think there's some sort of sports fatigue or can we have too much on it in, in one particular category 
I think it's a matter of having the right events in the right mix. And uh, if you look at the events calendar for Melbourne across every 12 months, in fact, I've just come from a meeting where we've been going fastidiously through the next couple of years. It really is a tremendous calendar of events that would be the envy of most cities globally. Uh, I think for us, we'll keep coming back to the fact that Melbourne has a breadth and depth of events that... Um, that very few other people can match, and so it's uh, you know getting that balance right is important, and understanding the landscape is critical. And uh, a city that is heralded nationally and and regionally as a sports capital, and a city that is also an arts and culture capital hand in hand, is an interesting juxtaposition. But it's something that Melbourne wears very well, and it's something that we're going to accentuate and drive going to the future. And in fact, a great example of this is that um, we've been working closely with all the chief executives of the key organisations across town and um, we're working on programs where for example international visitors coming to the Australian Open, tennis will also be able to access um, National Gallery of Victoria art exhibitions so at a, a Victoria price. Pass or something. Correct, so. yeah. Across, which I, which across I guess if you, if, you get it, if you get it right you go to the airlines and they do it as part of their packaging. Absolutely right, yeah. Um, so when you look at everything that's on at the moment in Melbourne and, and Victoria um, and you're looking at the competitors is Sydney the enemy? No, not at all Look, I, f- for us the reality is we are focused on aligning ourselves as a global event city and uh, you know, you, you'll hear us talk about uh, in theatre it's London, New York and Melbourne uh, in comedy it is Edinburgh, Montreal and Melbourne um, in food it is Lima, Hong Kong and Melbourne and so for us, the context around what's happening locally is that in, in the event space is not that critical because um, you know, we know that we really are on that global stage. And so we're focused on making sure that what we do um, continues to reinforce that position. In the 70s and 80s, people used to talk about the golden triangle of tourism, which was Sydney, Uluru, Gold Coast and out. Mm. And there must still be a lot of people that get to Australia but don't come to Melbourne. That must be a key market for you too. There's no doubt about that, and that's why the new campaign is so important for people to start to understand what Melbourne has to offer. I think what's shifting in the market and where Melbourne is naturally positioned and, and probably has some advantages is that it is is that travellers are more and more looking for experiences every day. There's no doubt that seeing things is still popular and, and there's some things to see around Australia that are beautiful. At the same time, you know, travellers are becoming more discerning and absolutely want to have um, experiential encounters. And uh, that's really where Melbourne is uh, uniquely positioned and plays in a way that very few other places can. I'm talking to Damien de Bowen, who's the general manager of major events for Visit Victoria. Damien, the three organisations come together, three very different cultures, I'd imagine. Mm. I mean, you come from heading up a sports operation, the A-League, so very different to tourism, I guess. Mm. I mean, how do you do it? What do the first 30 days, 90 days look like? How do you build a culture from three cultures? It's a great question, and, and the reality is it's taken longer than most people would have thought, and we're still not there. I guess it's that great phrase for those of us who've got kids. When the kids are in the back seat saying, are we there yet? The reality is any great organisation will say, you're never there. 
and you're always evolving and, and developing and improving. And uh, in the context of bringing Victoria major events and Tourism Victoria and uh, um, the Melbourne Convention Bureau together, as well as some government departments, so really there's there's four parts to it, yeah. um, was an incredibly challenging uh, process. The cultures were different, there's no doubt about that, and uh, the process has been challenging. All that being said, one of the key symbolic movements um, that was under, that was undertaken was to bring Visit Victoria under one roof. So, you know, when I started, for the first couple of weeks, we were in different places around uh, around a building, and um, then we moved down to Collins Square here, and there's no question bringing everyone under one roof has helped start to shift the culture. And it's like anything, putting in great processes is um, essential. Having fabulous people at the end of the day is the core of it. And it's been interesting because we have a mix of um, people who have served for a long time in this industry, a mix of people who are literally brand new, sure. as a, you know, a day old, yeah. and everyone else in between. And, and so bringing all that together um, has been challenging, but is starting to really take shape. And having clearly defined values and behaviours that are acceptable in that context is essential to any culture becoming uh, a great a great place to work and that's been a cornerstone of what we focused on. So you've, you've come from the A-League which mm. is a, obviously a sporting organisation mm. and a league which has its own sort of culture around success and celebrations and winning. Yes. Um, working with an interesting character Mr Lowy. Yes. And now you've, you suddenly see the ad in the paper you get, you get tapped on the shoulder <laughs> and you say why do I want to go this, this is a political football surely the first thing I saw was everyone kicking up a storm about it. Yeah I think the um, look, the opportunity to actually head up major events in in a global event city was just, you know, I guess too good to not look at really seriously. And um, I loved I loved working in football and I loved running the A-League. I think at the same time, uh, you know, I'm a big believer that uh, everyone has an horizon on the work that they do. And uh, I think the time for change was absolutely right for me. So it was a, it was a very detailed process. It, it was a job that was incredibly highly sought after from all reports that's uh, from uh, the conversations the recruitment people and others had with me and uh, I'm just really privileged and thrilled to be performing the role because at the end of the day you know, Melbourne is a city that has so many attributes um, almost the centrepiece of all of that is the great events that uh, this city has and this state has that people can enjoy and and for me the the real driving factor the 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 vision, if you like, that I have is that we're actually creating wonderful memories for families. That That's, you know, at the end of the day, okay. an event's an event is an event is an event. Um, you know, we've just announced that Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, parts one and two, are coming to Melbourne. Sure. Um, I'm thrilled about the fact that parents and their children who've read Harry Potter books for years will be able to go to the Princess Theatre together, buy their four, five, six seats, sit in a block and just have one of those nights that they'll never forget. And um, you know, for me, that's a really key ingredient as to um, you know, why I love what I do and what drives me to succeed and for the organisation to succeed more and more as we go forward. We, we live in an interesting times in terms of the economy and, and uh, low inflation, virtually, virtually no unemployment. Mm. Uh, therefore, there is some disposable income around, so you can afford to take four or five people to Harry Potter. Yes. Although I hope that the prices aren't the same as in London. I, <laughs> I suspect it's a 300, they won't be. £300. <laughs> But there must be. There's a finite amount of money you can take out of the visitor, isn't there? 
There is. And yeah, I might take four kids to Harry Potter and maybe go out for a bite beforehand or park the car. Yeah. I mean, there must be partnerships you're looking at with places that are parking places yeah. and food restaurants. As you said, that said, look, this is the weekend pass to Melbourne that costs yes. X dollars. I mean, I'm sure that's the next step. It is a key part of it. I think there's there's two uh, two parts to this. The answers to this question. Um, firstly, it's about connecting the dots better, and and it's a theme that you've picked up, and there's no doubt that's where our focus will be and needs to be. And so there's a whole lot of parts to Team Melbourne, where you know we we are a city that actually pulls together, and we've seen that over and over again in a whole range of ways. Now it's it's happened on the surface. This is about actually creating some real depth and substance to the city coming together and understanding exactly how we can connect those dots. And the creation of Visit Victoria, um, as opposed to having sort of three or four different parts, has given this organisation a, a real leadership um, role, a very strong focus. It probably wasn't there before simply because um, the organisations weren't geared for that. And so Visit Victoria has a, a very strong leadership mandate from the highest level to actually drive that connection across the board. I think the second part is there's no doubt that um, you know, at the end of the day, People can't go to all you know seven hundred events across the year that sure. are available to them, and that's why the interstate and overseas markets are so important. Because um, you know, we want and always will make sure that uh, the events that are in Melbourne are accessible to people from Melbourne and Victoria. Um, at the same time, you know, we need to make sure that we have people from interstate and overseas coming to our events to to grow the economy and then create more jobs and, and build from there. And, and if we do reach our target um, of thirty six point five billion dollars in the visitor economy by 2025 that'll create another hundred thousand jobs between now and then so um it is something that's much bigger than just putting on a nice event i get that that's critical but we really are in the business of um creating jobs and driving a vibrant economy for this city and this state years and years ago when i was involved in theater there was a big mandate from the government about how many plays had to be created by victorians in victoria working Mm. with victorian manufacturers Mm. Harry Potter is clearly an English show. Yes. What's, what is the balance between homegrown product and, and bringing in product? It's a great question and one that uh, we, we wrestle with a bit. So the, the short answer is we want homegrown product to be front and centre. And I think mm-hmm. you look at the things that we support and invest in and that's clearly part of our commitment. Uh, at the same time... You know, but we, the, big, the big is Van Gogh, <clears throat> yes. the masterpieces... Yeah. Um, the, the dresses from Dior Master. You've got yeah. soccer games featuring overseas clubs. Yeah. You've got Harry Potter, Book yes. of Mormon. Yeah. They're, they're, they're all brought in. That's not doing much for the local arts centre, is it? Or arts oh, community. We, we don't agree with that. So there's two things. You're right about that list, and, and it's a great list of, of events that we secure. And that is because we are a global event city, and that's because people expect in Melbourne the best of the best. And that's, that's what we intend to deliver on. Where local industry continues to benefit from that is that, um, and so look at Harry, for example, Harry Potter. Uh, yes, obviously it's it's English designed, and um, there'll be some actors and actresses that need to come in from overseas, but there'll also be opportunities in a way that cut, that local actors and actresses can't imagine right now. Uh, I was talking to Michael Castle, who is the mm-hmm. um, the Australian executive yep. producer yep, for Harry sure. Potter. And it was funny, this was literally on the morning it was announced, and within about 20 minutes of the announcement, he said he had seven or eight text messages from local actors and actresses just saying, hey, I'm ready to go. So 
whilst it mightn't be always from the ground up, um, it still is plenty of opportunities for people in the arts industry. And I think the other thing, things like the Dior um, exhibition at the NGV, it is inspiring another generation of designers, for example. And you know, design and, and creativity is a huge part of Melbourne's culture. And you know, where these artists and, uh, you know, emerge and take the next level, you know, we absolutely will embrace them and, and put them forward. And so it's, it's getting a balance. There's a lot of international stuff coming in, but it's creating opportunities as well. At the same so time. there's not an event fatigue for Victoria. Is there a Damien de Bowen fatigue? I mean, a pretty, pretty big job. It's a, it's a great job. The short answer is no. Look, I think uh, I've been really, really fortunate that I've loved the jobs that I've done probably from the outset. I was had the privilege of being the chief executive of the Leukaemia Foundation uh, here in Victoria. I worked for World Vision here and overseas for five years. Uh, I was an executive at Cricket Australia and the game I loved for seven years. I had the privilege of running the A-League for four, nearly five years, another sport that I grew up playing and loving quite seriously. And, um, now I have the privilege of heading up major events in one of the global event cities. So, um, look, I'm, I do have very deep reservoirs of energy, which is helpful. Uh, at the same time, what I've found in this job, which has been fantastic, is that it's a job where you get a chance to uh, plan further out and be more strategic and more reflective on, um, you know, what is going to make the biggest difference to the economy? Running, and you know from your experience, a football competition sure, sure. Um, is not just week to week, but in fact, no, not just day to day, but minute to minute. And uh, you're one step away from being in the media for the wrong reasons, and one step away from being in the media for the right reasons. So, um, it's a very, it's a very different skill set. But look, from my perspective, um, I am completely energised by what I'm seeing and loving every moment of it. Damien, a lot of people listen to this podcast, fortunately. Mm. Um, they want to find out more about Visit Victoria. Do they, go to, do they go to the Visit Victoria website? It's a great place to start. I think you'll find our digital presence will, in fact, increase dramatically um, in the coming weeks and months. It's uh, a part of the setup of Visit Victoria has meant that we've had a lot of, uh, you know, just getting the staff in place, the office in place, yeah. and we've, we've inherited a you know, almost three disparate systems. They need to paint the house. Correct. That's exactly right. That, that's really we're putting the furniture in and painting the house, and and we've been um, building the house while we've been sort of doing all this as well at the same time. So, uh, yeah, visit victoria.com.au would be a great place to start. But there will be a strong presence, especially for those listeners who are interstate or overseas. You will be seeing, I'm quite certain, certainly interstate, um, you know, a huge presence of the twisted every turn. Melbourne campaign and uh, we would love to welcome you to Melbourne very soon for another major event or even just uh, a time with our world class restaurants or And can you please start queuing up to buy the Harry Potter tickets (laughs) Damien DeBowen, General Manager of Major Events of Visit Victoria, thank you for your time today Thanks so much Paul, really appreciate it Good idea